Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Hello everyone, I am Katie Petrick, joined on this lovely day by the lovely David Fiorazzo. Happy Valentine's Day, or as Thank I like you. to say, just another day that ends in Y. David. Thank, thank you, Lady in Red. And uh, Valentine's a made-up holiday to make men feel guilty and make a lot of money from selling chocolate, getting people fat, and then making money on diets following Valentine's Day. But my wife and I got married a week ago. That's our anniversary. So we, we don't celebrate Valentine's Day. We never have. Plus, I don't give in to commercialism, so I rebel against things like that. So guys, don't feel guilty. And gals, yeah, maybe enjoy some flowers and chocolates, but don't overdo it. My advice. Well, tell me how you really feel, David. Okay. All right. A Michigan mother has declared war on her 11-year-old daughter's school district after her child's drawing of an inappropriate piggy, oink, oink, was removed. David, what happened with the piggy drawing? Well, I saw your air quotes for inappropriate. Inappropriate so what they said it was. So let's find out what this is about. Innocent or inappropriate? A student's drawing was confiscated by the school. And this, again, this is an 11-year-old, so the school officials took it after they deemed it inappropriate, and uh, let's just watch this video to set this up. Sierra Carter has been battling with Hanover Horton Schools to get this image erased from her daughter's file. Everybody is refusing to remove the artwork, and they're refusing to apologize, and those are the only two things I've asked for. To some, an innocent, well-dressed pig, but that's not what school officials thought. I got a call from my daughter's teacher saying that they thought she had drawn something inappropriate in the classroom in art class. Um, the teacher looked at it, said she had to give it to the principal to get his thoughts on that, and she told me that when she gave it to him and asked him what his thoughts were, he instantly said, write her up for it. When Carter was shown the drawing, she was surprised. This is not what she meant to draw. Like, it's very clearly a bow tie. And after confronting the school's principal... He asked me, you know, who do you expect to apologize to her? That was his response to me. But Carter persisted. School officials eventually agreed to remove the write-up, but they would still keep documentation of the incident. They stated they needed it as a paper trail in case my daughter did anything else. We reached out to the superintendent, who said the staff handled the situation with compassion and discretion, and that the student was never singled out or ostracized. I'll tell you, Katie, when I <laughs> this is compassion. So, when I first saw that, I I thought, okay, there, it's a piggy. Um, I'm thinking, are they offended because it's like cops and pigs and something like? Oh, and if then, they're doing that, that now. Oh, no. it's the bow tie. I'm going. It's, oh, it's a it's a tie. It's An a bow tie. Old, um, I was like, wow, I wish I could draw that well because I can't draw. I'm not very artistic. The, when I read this story, the fact that the art teacher's first reaction was that this was inappropriate. Immedi why, what does that say about the art teacher more than anything? Why would that be? Because that's where their heads are at. That Teachers, is. that's where they're, they're overly honestly, hypersexualized. Yeah. Based on everything that we've learned about uh, and how many years of doing this show, Shouldn't they just be applauding? Thank you. Thank you for finally, you, you are properly indoctrinated little girl to be drawing subversion, subvertive, like texting, messaging in there. They should be applauding her, but instead they put in her file in case, the, I like this fact, that in case she does anything else. Yeah. What does that tell you about the school that you have to put it in a file and that you 
because you don't know the girl personally well enough yeah. that you would think this would happen again. And if anything would happen, that the teacher or something, when some, if something else would happen, that they couldn't just go and talk to the other adults in the building about what happened. Instead, it's like they are just the, the students there just must be a number like that. No one actually knows the students and their true intent. Two, two thoughts real quick. The 11-year-old the told uh, her mom that she doesn't want to go to school and that she's anxious and worried about getting in trouble. So that's the sad thing. The other thing is, Katie, isn't this a, a complete twist on what teachers and the union across the country are pushing with the hypersexualized agenda and curriculum and, and the sex ed and all that garbage, the DEI and the everything else, and they're pushing all these things and even pornographic books in libraries, and they're offended at this little cartoon-like drawing. <sighs> yes, again, they should just be applauding this girl and high-fiving her, but instead they are saying they're treating her with compassion, and yet, as you said, the little girl doesn't want to go to yeah. school. Well, now, I mean, because now, now that, she's worried about anything she's going to draw may be deemed inappropriate by these adults who have who knows what on the mind well i can't not see what they're saying is wrong with that now i can't not now see it that, you, now that they I, have taken it i there, thought yeah. it was Otherwise, a bow tie I said and, it was uh, a, just a tie like uh, Lord that's help. how i used to draw my ties I, I need to go back in time and look at my artwork apparently i was doing this type of artwork uh, right. probably but still to come a young boy at a washington elementary school is told he can't join a school club with his friends because White kids aren't allowed. That's next. Because we're talking about all the love here. It's all about love. Um, <laughs> and it's all about compassion, as we know. That's what we're doing on today's show. Yes. We know that white elementary students can't be in, in groups with students of color as we're, we're learning this. Because, you know, you want your kids to get involved and you want them to join a school club. But if the color of their skin doesn't match what should be, then it's not happening. A white student at a Washington State Elementary School told his mother that he can't join a school club with his friends since the club is only open to students of color. Seriously? And now, yep. And now the mom is saying, uh, is this not promoting segregation? And so we're going to take a look at the club at Centennial Elementary School in Olympia. Again, this is out in Washington State. It's exclusively for students who identify as black, indigenous, or people of color. Take a look. They have their friends that they want to play with at lunch, and a fourth or fifth grader doesn't understand developmentally why they can't play with their friends. One woman is claiming a school club for students who are black, indigenous, and people of color promotes segregation, claiming her son was told he's not allowed in it. She says it separates him from his friends at Centennial Elementary in Olympia, even though he would want to join as an ally. My son came home and said that they came into the classes and they were promoting this and talked it up to the students. But then he found out that since he was white, he wasn't able to participate. One anonymous parent provided us this email exchange with Principal Shannon Ritter, describing the fifth grade BIPOC group as one that meets weekly during lunch to hang out, talk about their experiences and build connections and confidence. The note adds that it is limited to BIPOC students. <sighs> So the kids aren't thinking on these terms. Oh, they just no. want to be with their friends, Correct. right? Correct. So who's teaching segregation and racism? 
It's the student. I mean, it's the teachers. The teachers the are going, all right, you've got Adults to, in the room. Oh, yeah. my goodness. And, and because you have this, what that email said, and I'm going to read more of that email. Uh, it said the student BIPOC group is focused on providing a safe space for students of color who have historically been excluded or marginalized. Historically, and this is an elementary school, historically, these kids don't know any of that no, information. They and they don't need to know that information right now they want to hang out with their friends yep but no no it's no. that simple but no no <laughs> e the email continues and of course it's a safe space safe space safe space this group is All aligned right. with the equity work of the there district we go. our district continues to be committed to providing opportunities of support to our bipoc students programs like this were first launched across the district last year so you're telling me that these five through 12 year olds historically as we know <laughs> historically and again we're talking about out in washington state we're not talking about the south the old south that's a good point that these students these five through 12 years old even though historically have been excluded are they being excluded at centennial elementary school or are you now excluding them from the rest of their friends by putting them into a room where they, as they said in the video, are going to talk about their experiences. You're forcing this upon these kids. Now these kids are gonna be taught, oh, I need to come up with something, an experience that I had that's bad. Uh, uh, and the kids are gonna feel that pressure and they'll make it up. to make something yep. up. Yep. Because th those kids don't want to disappoint the adult who's supposed to be in the room as a safe space person, but is actually, the one putting all that anxiety onto these kids. You know, this whole thing about safe spaces, whether it's elementary school, whether it's K through 12, the university system, is it really preparing young people for going out into the real world? No, it prepares them to go into bubble rooms. And yep. that's what we've seen at the university level. Yep. Anytime finals week rolls around every single library at universities across the nation have safe space rooms or these rooms where they can go and you know take naps They're, they have boxes set up where these individuals can just go and sit and have a quiet space and it's dark for them they may have some nice music and and snacks and all this because we just pamper college well, students well they've got and it's trickled down all the way through elementary they've got to have somewhere to go katie if they see a, someone else wearing a cross or a trump <gasps> hat or an american flag <laughs> they've true. got to have some safe space where they can get away and just kind of detox that i'm joking of course you're kind joking of. kind of <laughs> Well, maybe no. <laughs> anyway, according to uh, one parent, one anonymous Just parent, one. who said, <laughs> "What's segregation? You know, what are we talking about?" That parent said, "I think the school's doing a really good job of including everybody, whatever gender, race, orientation that they are. My kids certainly feel comfortable here." I don't think that parent knew about this story when they were interviewed about this story. But <laughs> according to the state superintendent, who sent a statement explaining that their office does not provide guidance about affinity groups that spokesperson had said that with that being said if a student felt that they were being discriminated against because they were being excluded from an opportunity or space at school because of their race the student could file a complaint and we would be likely to provide technical assistance to the school to clarify that they should not exclude students who wish to participate i wish to see if this is going to uh 
actually be for all races and not just students of color. Mm -hmm. So if it's a white student, a student whose melatonin is not as dark as others, if that student feels excluded, are they going to provide the equal, equitable, equal amount of assistance as they would if it was a student of color? Interesting to see if that's what would be the case. Well, can I read the tagline, which says from the school, moving forward, we will ensure that school leadership and staff are specific about the purpose of these groups while simultaneously removing any exclusions to participation. Oh, that was very nice. Have you been practicing? I've been following you. Oh, I like it. Well, coming up, a high school in Ohio has canceled their spring musical, claiming that the vulgarity makes it inappropriate for all ages. We're going to discuss that next. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company. We have a popular musical that was abruptly canceled at an Ohio high school because of vulgarity. Ooh. How was my acting? Was that good? Yes. Well, I can't be in this musical. I can't be in any musical. It's understood. Uh, in a statement, the Cardinal Local Schools Superintendent, Jack Cunningham, said that the Cardinal Local School District has decided that its spring musical production will not be the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. You may have heard of that musical before. Maybe you haven't. I know actually someone at a local high school here who put that on a couple different times. Really? It's called the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Let's take a look at okay. the story. In a letter, the superintendent stated its dialogue and song lyrics contain vulgarity and are therefore not suitable for our preteen and teenage students in an educational setting. And when we found out it was canceled, everybody just was heartbroken, honestly. It was terrible. Everyone was just crying. Riley Machenga, a senior and one of the musical's leads, says she considered a previous greenlit play, The Addams Family, more vulgar. Her mother, Mandy, also an assistant director for the musical, says she was told of three complaints by the superintendent. There were uh, concerns about um, the language in one of the songs. There was a concern about Jesus appearing in the show and that there was a complaint about the fact that two um, of the parents were gay. The superintendent said suggestions of discrimination are simply mistaken, and the district wants its student productions to be something that community members of all ages may enjoy without adult supervision. Mandy says dialogue and a song were changed prior to the show being canceled, a decision made by the school board. Theater is about making you think about things and making you question things and critically think. $1,700 was spent for the musical set to premiere in March. Much money, though. Oh, well, I don't know how to think. Are you okay? This is a day of love, David. Come back to me. All right. (laughs) I don't know how to truly feel about this story. Why? Because I've never seen the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, and based on what they talked about with their being... It just said an appearance of Jesus and there being two parents who were gay. So I don't know confused here. What is actually happening yeah. in this whole this musical because I just 
haven't seen it. David, you haven't seen it either? No. Let not, us know in the comments. Have you seen this musical? Should it be put on at a, at a high school So I'm trying not? to figure out, answer us in the comments. I'm trying to figure out, so Jesus appears in this apparently at briefly. At some point. And the two parents that are gay, do they appear in this? Or are those parents that complained about Jesus being in it? Because, oh, the gay people oh. are in the play along with Jesus appearing. So that would yeah, be the odd. content of the content of the play. So what's interesting, though, is the fact that they already are this far along and they were able to get this far into production and spend seventeen hundred dollars. Yes. And now it's canceled. I feel for the students who were part of it. The young Machinga uh, daughter there. Uh, the fact that no one understood prior to it is where I'm still confused, because when I was in high school, we did my freshman year. We did Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And back in those days, it was fine to do Joseph well, and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat in a public then, school. Way back Wait, then, yes. Huh, I'm not kidding. that old. I'm kidding. But, uh, you know, you could have easily made that out to, like, people could have complained if they wanted to because it's biblical, but it's also not biblical. Well, today it's, they would. Yes. So it, it's interesting. I have no idea, again, what the true content of this musical was. We want you to inform us of it. But it kind of goes to the question of what musicals are allowed to be produced if it's at a high school. It's kind of like which books are allowed to be read in, from a high school library. Free speech, questioning, it, it, it's one, it does come down to a free speech issue on, on something like this. Yeah, and I, I just really don't get it, that why the school would have a problem with this. If, if, unless it was because Jesus was in it. I don't know. Yeah, we, we don't know. We want to know yeah. more about this story, but this is all we have for right now. Because still to come, we have to say, move over, Spielberg. Scientists now claim they are just four short years away from bringing back the woolly mammoth. What? And it's all being done to save the planet. Stay with us. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. Apparently, true story, scientists are recreating the woolly mammoth to return in four years, but you won't believe why. So Colossal recently added $60 million in funding to move toward a 2027 de-extinction of the woolly mammoth. So it's a Dallas-based company, Colossal, and they're now working to edit the genes for the reincarnation of the man. We've got a video, check this out. Woolly mammoths, now long extinct, once roamed these northern landscapes in large herds, playing a critical role in the stability of their ecosystem. In the last half century, however, these permafrost regions have begun to thaw at an alarming rate due to climate change and the loss of this keystone species. Over the last decade, humanity has made significant advances in understanding DNA and the field of genetics. 
Breakthrough genetic engineering technologies like CRISPR and others have made it possible to read, edit, and even write genomes. Combining these modern genetic engineering technologies with ancient mammoth DNA recovered from frozen specimens allows for the de-extinction of the woolly mammoth genome. Reintroducing the woolly mammoth to their former homes in the Arctic regions will help to bring balance back to the habitat and slow or even reverse the damage that climate change has done to our planet. Colossal. Restoring the past for a better future. Oh, Ooh, brother. Are, the I thought, existential threat of climate change. I thought everything in the past was bad bad uh, so very bad well, and backwards we bad. can't bring anything back from it's all backwards and we can't bring it back to today for the future as colossal says that's creepy it is creepy that, especially if this is creepy if sounding close to doing something like this because i'm thinking how much do you know how many good things could be done with probably the amount of money they're spending 60 on this yep 60 million dollars um to do something that Oh, I mean, it's, I, I mean, guess if they are a private institution and they are getting their money let them waste your freely, money, go for it. But if this is government funded in any way, then I say, wow, that's a waste of $60 million, personally. Well, it's just me. So I, the uh, woolly mammoth's DNA, apparently, is a 99.6% match of the Asian elephant, which leads Colossal to believe it's well on its way toward achieving its goal. And... Uh, and so, so to bring back and so how many of these are you gonna have to reproduce or bring back in order to balance the ecosystem and katie well that where are they gonna go are they yeah. all going which zoos are going to be fighting over getting one or two of them it it how oh, these are going to be out i mean in they're the, going to be they're going to be out in the open in the where ecosystem. exactly it it didn't they, say, i mean it did say alaska in the video there that they're going to be out there uh, oh, there too. Well, Siberia, Alaska. That, yeah. That's fun to think about. The world is all full of robots and woolly mammoths now. That's what our world is about. And I, I'm not hyperventilating. Are you hyperventilating? This is just, it's, to me, it's just sad, kind of heartbreaking with all the needs in this world that humankind have. And let's talk about, it's a Boston company, right, right in America, the homelessness the people that are need the orphans, uh, people that are need that are really impoverished in our own country on city streets, they're living under, especially California, um, and you're putting sixty million dollars into recreating some prehistoric woolly mammoth to host, to balance the ecosystem, to help Mother Nature. So screw you, human beings. Let's just make sure we're trying to do something for the planet, even though we have no proof that it's actually working or to do any good. I'm convinced that Colossal is working with Hollywood because Hollywood can't make anything original. Everything there is a remake, too. So Colossal just joined them in this yep. whole remake. Yeah. All right. Well, make sure you're hitting that. Uh, <laughs> I wish it was a love button on a day like today. But hit that like button if you're watching us on social media. And please send us your feedback. Let us know about uh, especially that that story with the Putnam spelling bee. All right. At stayeducated.org. Now for David and myself, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And thank you for supporting the show. Until next time, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel. Hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2023.